Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. Ashland and Newport's housing production strategies were approved by the state earlier this month. All Oregon cities with more than 10,000 residents are now required to create these eight-year plans to address how they will increase housing production. That's because of a 2019 law. Linda Reed is the housing program specialist for the city of Ashland. Jan Kaplan is the mayor of Newport. They join us to talk about what housing looks like now and their plans for the future. Linda Reed and Jan Kaplan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, Linda, first, what is the overall housing situation like right now in Ashland? Yeah, um, I would say that most people probably describe housing in Ashland as um, fairly challenging. Ashland is um, probably a lot like Newport in that it is um, a tourist attraction town. We have the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. We also have um, SOU and... um, so we we kind of have an interesting mix. Um, our population tends to be, you know, college students and retirees. And our housing costs are um, the second most expensive in our valley. Um, and I, I think the last time I looked at, at median um, housing cost, it was upwards of a half a million dollars to purchase a single family home in Ashland. Um, consequently, we experience a lot of rent burden uh, in our population. And, um, you know, because of uh, the demands for um, travelers accommodations and student housing, um, as well as housing for, you know, workers in, in the um, tourist industry and workers in general, teachers and police officers and city workers, um, you know, our, our rental costs and, and housing costs um, are, are pretty high. Jan Kaplan, what about in Newport? Um, it actually, remarkably similar uh, to, to Ashland. Um, perhaps uh, we have very 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 limited housing stock here um because uh the ability to to build new housing is is uh uh we have to find buildable land with um uh utilities and and infrastructure um and there's just such demand in this community for people with uh the second homes um vacation rentals which take up a, a significant portion of the housing stock which makes that unavailable um and uh, we have a kind of a rich and poor county uh we have a lot of retirees for people who move here with with funding um and then we have a lot of local workers who just cannot find places to live uh that they can afford we have folks who work full-time and camp uh we have uh uh, we've lost out on uh, in much talent that would have come into this community. People who were offered jobs, who came and looked for work for housing, and then came back and said, "I can't take the job. I can't find a place that I can afford to live in." Meanwhile, so that, you also have people who have enough money to to build what what I imagine can be very expensive second homes. Right, right. Hmm. 
or, or purchase them. Yeah, that that. So it's uh, uh, you know, a lot of our focus moving forward is 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 uh, what can we do for the uh, very very significant portion of our our, our uh, citizens who uh, can barely afford rent or can't afford rent. Um, and we need to increase our stock uh, significantly in order to do that. We have had some increases, um, and um, but it's it's uh, the demand continues to exceed the supply. Well, how you, you mentioned buildable land? Um, how how does geography in Newport specifically affect that? Okay, good question. Um, Newport is. A city that has a tremendous amount of, of gullies and uh, streams that run through the city, um, that uh, so that a build uh, you may have an acre of land, but uh, but if it if it falls off on one end, you can't build on that acre, or you can only build partially on that acre, or you can't get uh, the cost to bring in to connect to things like water and electricity um, when we have uh, you know. Um, land in in this part of the, of the country that's always moving um so uh, uh putting in infrastructure is very challenging and costly and we have the added burden of uh we're a city of a, of a, a census population of about eleven thousand. uh but on a typical day we have 30 to forty thousand people in the county hmm. and that means that that's the use of our uh you know water water treatment roads um all of the things that are, that are necessary that are used, but that are only paid for by, for the most part, by uh, eleven thousand people. Hmm. Linda Reed, just to take a step back here, how is what the, the the two of you and and basically every city in Oregon over ten thousand people? How is what you have to do now different from what? Planners have had to do in Oregon cities for decades now. I'm thinking in particular about the 20-year the buildable lands inventory. It, it seems like there's some overlap here. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's absolutely accurate. You know, the state has been requiring cities of a certain size to do um, – both in a, a, a buildable lands inventory and um, what used to be called a housing needs analysis, um, often now called a housing capacity analysis. So, you know, look at your population growth, um, look at your housing production, um, and then look at your land area and what it's owned and try to, to make those things match. Um, and I think you know, what we've seen, certainly I think um, I was actually at a planning conference uh, pre-pandemic um, presenting with someone from the city of Newport and um, the city of Newport and the city of Ashland and other cities as well um, do often have um, housing programs or, uh, you know, activities that they undertake to try to encourage the development of those needed housing types. Um, and when I say needed, I mean housing types that have been identified through our housing needs analysis and buildable lands process as, um, you know, having a recognized need to develop a certain type of housing that we've also recognized that the private market will probably not um, provide because there really isn't a financial incentive for the mm -hmm. private market to do so. And mm -hmm. so, you know, within the the levers of city government, you know, what sorts of things can we do to 
help incentivize or influence the development of housing types that are needed, but that maybe the market won't provide. So I think what, the, what is, what's an example then of, of some of those strategies uh, to, to fill in the holes where, where the market will simply not produce? Well, the, um, I couldn't speak for Newport, but I'm sure Jan can. Um, the city of Ashland has a, a few different um, things that they have put into place or that we have put into place um, to encourage that development. We have, we're at um, entitlement jurisdiction for community development block grant funds. So we have some grant funding. We also created our own affordable housing trust funds. Um, so we have uh, additional grant funding that we can use to incentivize development here. Um, we also waive system development charges and we have for well since 1992 um, on on deed restricted affordable housing units so that helps buy down the cost of those developments we also have um kind of an inclusionary zoning um on our our land use planning so when um a developer wants to annex a piece of land into the city or if they want to change the zoning to increase uh density on a piece of, of uh, land, then they would be required to provide a certain percentage of that new, newly developed housing stock as affordable through the city's program and it would get deed restricted. They would then also be allowed to apply for the system development charge deferral and they could also receive, um, you know, community apply to receive community development block grants or affordable housing trust fund grants. So we try to package all those things together to sort of buy down the costs and um, encourage those those needed housing types. Um, but what we have found, I think our program has been successful, but it just cannot keep pace with the amount of units that we need to produce um, at that lower income level. And as time has um, gone on, we've seen that the cost of labor has gone up, the cost of materials has gone up. So the subsidy needed to develop those those housing units has become greater. And it, it really is something um, you know, where the city uh, was super thankful to the state that we got to work with a consultant to evaluate um, other, uh, you know, actions that could help us get there, um, you know, help us incentivize developers and the development of needed housing types. Well, so, I mean, that actually gets to a, a question that, that I had, which is, is this required report to the state, is it going to lead you to do things you weren't already doing? Or is it more a chance for you to to write down the things you were already doing and, and present them to state bureaucrats? Well, you know, we, um, as part of the process, we identified all the things that we're doing already. And then we evaluated other tools that's, that other communities have used successfully, mostly evaluating whether they were, um, you know, successful in those communities that were most like Ashland. And then we chose from a list of those things about what, and when I say we, I say, I mean our community. We did a lot of community outreach in the community. Members and stakeholders identified the sorts of activities that they felt like we um, would have the best chance of, of either 
passing um, a political process and a public process, but also providing real incentives and tools to help us incentivize the development of those needed housing types. So they may have been activities that we might have undertaken eventually. I think this process sort of helped us eliminate those ones that might not be appropriate for a city, the size and composition of Ashland, um, and also um, help us sort of narrow down that process and and then create a, a, a way for us to, to plan out how we will evaluate these over the next eight years. If you're just tuning in, we're talking right now about Ashland and Newport's eight-year plans to increase housing production with a focus on affordable housing. Linda Reed is housing program specialist for the city of Ashland. Jan Kaplan is the mayor of Newport. So Jan Kaplan, what do you see as the most promising strategies for increasing affordable housing in Newport? Um, I, I think... In, in our case, and, and probably similar to Ashland and other cities, um, it's really a combination of, of, of finding uh, the ability for public subsidies uh, to, uh, as Linda mentioned, you know, to, to be able to close the gap between uh, affordability of, you know, and the ability of a builder to uh, pencil out. Um, we've looked at, you know, so we've looked at various funding mechanisms, uh, tax, uh, it, it breaks, uh, uh, for first time homeowners, uh, uh, and, and so forth. One of the things that we've looked at also is, is to look at our own, um, code barriers, um, you know, that, uh, and we're looking at, uh, requirements for that, that have historically been there in our codes, you know, for off street parking, for example, um and uh street widths uh how close to the um edges of a property can be developed um and so that uh in, in some cases uh will by eliminating or, or reducing some of those barriers uh we may be able to bring down the cost um if you have to and on the other hand we're we're, cha- we're challenged by if uh we reduce the uh, off-street parking requirement, which which allows more land to be built on. Um, it also creates potentially problems because uh, we have more people moving, more more density, and we're lo- and we're losing parking spots. Uh, so those are things that are challenges. I, I wanted to say the the you know an eight-year plan uh, that a city has to do, much of which involves resources that the state or feds control. Is not in, you know is 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 uh, we can hypothetically plan we can plan with hope, but we don't have assurances that the uh, the funding that's necessary necessarily needed will be there, um, and that makes it challenging. The one of the benefits of doing this type of planning is it it, it it's a thought exercise. It forces us as policymakers. It forces our you know uh, all of the the processes that Linda mentioned, uh, we've engaged uh, uh, many, many, many people in in in, in our planning process. Um, but it gets people to think, you know, to talk to each other, to think about ways to solve it, to recognize to recognize the problem. The, the, the man in the street doesn't necessarily see that there's not enough housing. Uh, but by uh, by us being able to talk about that and engage people in problem solving, I think that that long term that that's going to be one of the outcomes here. 
Uh, simply the state demanding a plan, is, is, that's a piece of paper. Hmm. Unless unless we're able to actualize it, and you know, it's certainly our goal, and I'm sure you know other cities that do. We've at least mapped out what we're hoping to do, and 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 have had some success uh, in the in the beginning. One of the things that's mentioned in our plan was the need for a. a we have not had a winter shelter in in Newport, and uh, for 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 the homeless, um, and we opened one uh, a month ago. So whether that's a result of that planning or supported by that planning, but that that's one of that's one of the things that's in our plan that we can already check off. Hmm. Uh, we've now established that. Linda, we talked briefly about um, buildable urban land uh, or land inside the urban growth boundary uh, in Newport. You know, it's interesting because in the last legis- legislative session, Governor Kotek tried unsuccessfully to change land use rules to make it easier for cities to build housing outside of their existing urban growth boundaries. She made it pretty clear in an interview with us recently that she thinks that that's a good idea. She wants lawmakers to pursue that in the next session. What do you think of that? I mean, should Oregon's land use rules in terms of of building outside the UGB, should they change? Mm. Well, I think that's probably a politically charged question. Yes, um, that's why I'm asking you. Some circles. (laughs) You know, I... um, I really um, I hear what what Jan is saying with regard to infrastructure, and you know that's um, one of the tools that was identified through our housing production strategy process was funding mechanisms, and part of that was to support the development of needed infrastructure, because for developers um, that is a cost they generally pay for the extension of those. Um, those uh, infrastructure pieces that that cities require and that is a cost and for us um the development of properties within our urban growth boundary would require some pretty extensive infrastructure um extensions and it's it in some areas uh the cost of that is prohibitive which is why we have seen um, some properties um, not come in to be annexed even though they are um you know adjacent to our urban growth boundary and could readily be annexed but because of the cost of the infrastructures the development maybe doesn't pencil at this time so looking at ways that we could incentivize that um to increase uh, you know our buildable lands I think that is an important strategy to consider. And I guess my concern about, you know, making um, lands developable within the urban growth boundary would be whether there would be funding um, from the state or the federal government to help us do that infrastructure expansion. Linda Reed. Oh, Jack Kaplan, last word before we go. Well, I want to say, I think we, we, we use the term infrastructure, and I don't know that people really understand that, but what, what, what's meant is things like streets, roads, uh, the water uh, being able to flow to someplace and water being able to flow back into into uh, wastewater treatment. Um, and uh, those are things in order you can't if you build a house in the middle that doesn't have connected to, to city water or connection to electricity, it, it's not going to sell. Right. Linda Reed and, 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 and those Jan, are quite expensive. Linda Reed and Jan Kaplan, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Linda Reed is housing program specialist for the city of Ashland. Jan Kaplan is the mayor of Newport.